We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in Front Office Fridays Live. We thought we would do one live show a week to let everybody come in. Well, maybe peek behind the curtains and see how Keith and I record a show to begin with, but also to ask us any questions, any comments about the world of the NBA that you'd like to throw out. So thank you for all of you who are joining us over on the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Podcast listeners, well, you're not listening to this live as it's happening, but Thank you for coming in as well. Make sure you are subscribing over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Anybody coming in on YouTube, if you haven't subscribed yet to the NBA Front Office Show YouTube channel, please make sure you do so. Turn on those notifications so you get notified whenever we do one of these live shows or just when we put out a new video. Keith, this is exciting. How are you doing, man? I'm good, man. I got had just enough time to eat a sandwich, so I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Front Office Friday! <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think that has to stick. Front Office Friday, which then locks <laughs> like us into a day of the week, but yeah, alliteration is worth it. It's on a Wednesday. It can still be a Front Office Friday. That's right. That's right. I've got people saying video game intro, some people saying 80s yeah. music intro. I, I just think of Mega Man with the yes. intro. Mega Man, use. let's go. That's right. That's right. <laughs> what we'll show first, Keith's dog or Trevor's cup? The dogs are locked out of the room at the moment because they're being pains in the butt. So oh, we're going to say Trevor's cup. Keith, it was it was a big deal because I know you've probably seen it before. I have a yes. Cowboys cup. <laughs> and on our last show, I used that and people were very upset. I, they were I, very I upset. Of that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I try to explain, like, I'm not necessarily a Cowboys fan. My wife is. But nonetheless, I understand people get upset when they when they see that. Um, all right. Let's let's get into some of our comments let's here. Do though. It. And this is actually kicking things off the way we kicked off our last show. Josiah says, should the Clippers be worried? I've got actually a number of questions about the Clippers. Um, Clippers now 0-4 since adding Russell Westbrook. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. But I thought last night's game, they just they just couldn't shoot. Um, if you look at the shooting numbers, like you can't have Paul George, Russell Westbrook, even uh, Norman Powell, like uh, Eric Gordon. None of these guys shot the ball particularly well. And they're guys who typically shoot better. Like, I think it's oversimplistic to say that the NBA is just a make or miss league. But it is hard to win a game when you shoot as poorly as the Clippers did last night. I don't. I can't attribute it all to Russell Westbrook, and yet here they are 0-4 since adding him. It's not not great for them right now. Yeah, that third quarter was an absolute disaster yeah. uh, for them. They, they couldn't they couldn't shoot. And then once the Warriors got rolling, they couldn't get stops. And then that, you know, just everything fell apart. So that, that that's a bit of a mess for them. They're gonna have to sort through and figure that out here over the next uh you know coming weeks. It, it's funny, people keep telling me things like, oh, there's time, they'll get it sorted out. Clippers have 17 games left mm -hmm. and there's only a month to go in the season at this point. So it's, we're down to it, right? It's, it's figured out time in the next couple of games, not a you know, few weeks. So we'll, we'll, we'll see, but yeah, they are now seventh in the Western conference, only a game above 500. They are only two games out of uh, being out of the uh, playing tournament altogether. So they've, they've certainly got stuff to figure out and just not a lot of time to do it in. Yeah, that's that's the challenge is the clock is ticking. And that's the challenge for a lot of teams around the NBA. If they are still trying to sort through things and figure out what their rotation is, you really don't have a lot of time. But really, like, who are they beating when 
oh my goodness, when Paul George, yeah. Russell Westbrook, Eric Gordon, and Norman Powell are a combined three for 30 behind the yeah. three-point line, like who are you beating? Nobody. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, that's a very that's the easiest question we'll answer all day. Nobody, right? Yeah, yeah. you're you're yeah, not gonna, you're not going to beat anybody. Yeah, I mean, Russ was not good. I'm not going to try to pretend like he was, but he was far from the only uh, for the Clippers last night. Kawhi was the only one who really kind of played even a decent game, and he was on the floor. If not for that entire mess of the third quarter, it was at least most of it. And you know, he just he wasn't locked in on defense, wasn't getting stops. I mean, they, they, they were letting Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, uh, Jonathan Kamingo, when he came into the game, they were kind of getting whatever they wanted. And, and then, you know, it's now kind of gone viral, but Draymond Green was defending oh, Russell man. Westbrook from somewhere in Oakland and the team plays their games in San Francisco now. So it was, it was not good at, at all for the Clippers, but you know, normally you would say, all right, it's a bad game. We, we write it off. We move on. But again, They've only got 17 games left. That is not enough time to be throwing away any games when you're barely above 500 and hanging out down around the play-in tournament. And the Clippers get a second night of a back-to-back tonight against a good Sacramento team. Um, I know De'Aaron Fox has been a little banged up, but that that Sacramento team is – they're no joke. They're no joke. They've been pretty good. Um, No. And looking over at your side of the conference, I've got Speed Chaser through and Bucks greater than signed Celtics. The Bucks took over the the one seed. Is that – do you think either team in the Eastern Conference at the top care that much about getting the one seed, or is it just about being in rhythm? How do you how do you see these teams approaching it? It's a good question. I I think so. I think to an extent they they care about uh, you know getting uh, the one seed. I think Boston definitely benefited from being home last year in a Game Seven uh, in the in the playoffs. So I think that is you know that is to some extent important. So we'll we'll see. But I don't know that either team's gonna push guys through injury or anything like that to try to get there. I think if they have to uh, get there and play it out as a two seed and go on the road for a game seven, I think they both feel confident, confident enough. They can get it done. Celtics, they were down three, two and went on the road and had a huge game six performance out of Jason Tatum, even forced that game seven. So I think they feel confident winning must win games in Milwaukee. And I think the Bucks should feel confident in winning there, you know, just as much. So you've got the Bucks, the Celtics. The Celtics now half a game back of, of Milwaukee. Milwaukee on a 16-game win streak. Why are we not talking more about this? Like, should this it's be the Bucks, a big right? thing? And it, yeah, it should be. It should be. But I think people are like, one, it's the Bucs, right? They're not a big market team. They're not a glamour franchise. And I think to some extent, it's, well, they've been there, done that. Like, we, they're, they're not shiny and new. They're not fun uh, necessarily in that way. But, yeah, I mean, and you know what? I don't think they care. I think they're content to just kind of go yeah. out there and not only have they won all these games, they've killed some teams in this run too, where these games aren't even close. Uh, so yeah, well, we'll see. They've got a tough one against Philadelphia tomorrow night. That's the uh, ABC Saturday showcase game on Saturday night. So we'll see what that looks like, but I'm starting to wonder if this team's ever going to lose a game again. Yeah. They have been absolutely rolling. Even when Giannis has been out they're, they're still winning games. It's been absolutely tremendous. Uh, we've got Jason Kelly coming in with a super chat. As a Lakers fan, love watching Westbrook on another team. I've seen that sentiment from a lot of Lakers fans. Keith, you know, one of the things, though, yeah. for me, I was hoping that he would wind up with, like, the Bulls or the Heat or, or somebody like that because I, I still want to root for Russell Westbrook. But sure. from the Lakers fan perspective, you just can't do it when he's when he's on the Clippers. Like, I, I guess I, I've taken this approach. I, I hope that Russell Westbrook plays great. Because he seems he's a good dude. I hope he plays well. I hope he revitalizes his career. I hope he gets whatever he wants next summer in his next contract. But I also hope he loses every game. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, right. I think we've all been there at times with with, with teams that we root for or root against sure. for whatever reason. And that's that's perfectly rational. I, I fully understand where you're coming from. Uh Cecil Jackson with a cap question. Uh Mila, you handle this one. Says if two players are signed and traded for each other. Does that hard cap both teams? It does, yeah. We actually saw that a couple of years ago when Kevin Durant went to the Brooklyn Nets. It was a double sign and trade where uh, he was sent to to the to the Nets, and D'Angelo Russell was uh, sent to the Warriors. That's how the Warriors kind of preserved that um, uh, salary slot, if you will. So that did hard cap the Warriors for that season. Now that was when the Warriors were kind of in their gap year, and they were down a little bit, still a taxpayer, but they they were under the uh, 
the luxury tax line. So yeah, anytime you acquire a player via sign and trade, you end up hard capped. Or if you use uh, part of the non-taxpayer mid-level to give a contract that is uh, either more money or more years than are allowed by the taxpayer mid-level, you get hard capped. Or if you sign a player using the biannual exception, you also get hard capped that way. Those are the three ways, but those always hard cap you. And the reason those are the three ways is if you're above the luxury tax apron, which is effectively the hard cap line, you can't acquire a player via sign trade. You get the smaller uh, taxpayer mid-level exception, and you can't use the biannual exception. So that's how the NBA closes that loophole. Right, right. In order to make that not a workaround there. Um, all right. This one says, T says, what should the Pelicans do if they don't make the playoffs or play in in terms of potential offseason moves? To me, Keith, so much of it comes down to how much do you trust Zion? To, yep. to, to be healthy because it feels like so much of how you're going to build out a roster, which is one of my favorite talking about. I know you, you love the salary cap and I do too, not quite to the same degree you do, but <laughs> my, what really gets me going is how you build a roster, the whole process of building out a team and putting the pieces of the puzzle together and all of that. And I look at that Pelicans team and I just think it all is determined by whether or not Zion is there. And if he's, if he's not, it, it's really hard to figure out what pieces exactly they need to add to this roster because it's so dependent upon him. Yeah, that's it. I mean, they've got a mostly full roster for next season. They Most of their guys are under contract. They've only got a handful of guys who will probably be free agents. So you're looking at like Jackson Hayes, restricted free agent, potentially Josh Richardson's coming off the books. And then Garrett Temple likely probably going to be waived. He's got a non-guaranteed deal. So those guys all come off the books, but guys like Herb Jones, Najee Marshall, now they may decline their team options for those guys and make them restricted free agents and get them signed in new contracts. We'll see. They could also let Herb Jones play it out one more year and then do that in the summer of 2024. But for the most part, you've got the roster in place and it's not to be snarky or dodge the question. Most of it is, is Zion going to be healthy and be there? If he is, you're a playoff team, and you're probably a very good playoff team. Yeah. That's where they were for that brief point th this season. But if not, then what you need to do is you got to go get guys in place that you feel like not only for Zion, but also Brandon Ingram, who's missed a considerable amount of time too while in New Orleans. Now, some of that was with um, let's a very dangerous, but let's call it a fluke situation with the, uh, the, the artery stuff. Um, but with oh, him yeah. – He's missed time with other things as well. So what you're looking at now is you got to cover for both of those guys. And that can be a little bit tough to build out a functional roster where you're having to cover for two $30 million max players that that makes it a little bit difficult, but that's what they have to do. They have to make sure they've got enough depth at those forward positions and more importantly at the scoring positions. Some of that will come with Dyson Daniels growing into a bigger role. Some of that will probably come with Herb Jones, Najee Marshall, continued offensive improvement. But for the most part, you're you're looking at you got to have those guys healthy. You got to try to get one more guy in the mix there that can fill in for them when they're out. I keep looking at our guy John Collins. I mean, depending on what the Hawks' asking price is this summer, wouldn't he make some sense as a target for the Pelicans so that? He can be pretty plug and play should Zion not be available, or even if Zion is available, you can lean on him a bit a bit more in those rotations. A player, and it doesn't have to be specifically him, but a player like that where you know, hey, if Zion's out, this guy could step up and give us 20 points in it on a night, 25 points maybe on a on a really good night. I think you can get that out of him, and it would be a night, a nice addition to this team. And can you get to answer two questions? Is the first is can he play with Zion too? Right, because you've got to be able to get 15, 20 minutes a night where they can play together as well. And I, I think you probably can. If if John Collins is the John Collins defending at the five player he was when the Hawks made the East Finals a couple of years ago, you can probably get by with that. But then you also have to answer your second question, which is how are you matching salary in a trade for him? Because he makes $25 million. The challenge is where you get into the matching salary in a deal for him. Is that going to be Larry Nance going out? Is that going to be uh, Jonas Valanciunas? Is that going to be both of them in a deal? What's that going to look like? Cause that's the, the hard thing for this Pelicans team is how are you going to match salary for John Collins in a trade without giving up guys who are big parts of your rotation already. Uh, let's move on to a Celtics question here. Keith, do you worry about fatigue catching up to the Celtics like it did in the finals uh, given the Jays workload and what do you think about their late game ex execution? They seem to go into cruise mode early. 
Yeah, I'll answer the second part first. Yes, they do. They they go they coast way too early in fourth quarters, and it gets messy. And that's start once you clock. shut it down. What's that? Oh, they start. It's one of my pet peeves in the NBA. You start running clock, and yes. you get out of your offensive system. Yep. And it's you you put teams back into games rather than finishing them out that way. Exactly. With the way teams push pace and shoot threes now, you can't do that until you're under two minutes. And sometimes the Celtics do a four to five minutes to go in a game when they've got a, a big lead. So what we see with them quite often is they then can't pull themselves back out because once you shut it down, it's very hard to turn it back on. So that part does worry me. The fatigue. A little bit. I, I think, you know, there's opportunities for sure to bring the minutes uh, down and to go in a different direction uh, with them minutes wise. But I think the other challenge is you, they're not destroying teams so much that you have that to do very easily. But also Jason Tatum has talked a lot about how he changed his entire approach to his diet, to the way he works out, to all that stuff to be able to play big minutes and to be able to play. So that's unfortunately, I don't know. That's a question we're going to be able to answer until May or June. Um, but I think they'll probably be okay. I, I think they've done between Tatum and Brown. They've done what they needed to do to put themselves in position to play 35, 40 minutes in the regular season, then 40, 45 minutes in the playoffs. But we won't know for a couple months yet. It's um, it, it's one of those things you kind of have to prove it, and, and we'll see what the you know what, how that all shakes out. If they're able to continue to play hard all the way through, if they're able to continue to have gas in the tank, um, the Eastern Conference playoffs are shaping up to be pretty interesting. I mean, look, I, I think there's a clear tier break between the Celtics and and the Bucks. But there's some other teams there, particularly when you get into round two, that could really give you give you a run, that could give you sure. some, some tough times. I mean, you look at Philly, of course. You wind up matching up with them. I think they can beat anybody on any given night. You look at the Cavs. I know the Celtics just beat the Cavs, but they've also played well against them. If the Knicks continue playing like they've been playing right now, they can be a tough out for anybody. Now, again, after that, it, it tails off. Brooklyn, I think, is going to continue to fall. Miami, Atlanta, okay. but But round two... You're, I mean, if you're seeing one of the 76ers, Cavs, or Knicks, that, that may not be a, an easy round to just breeze through. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, it's 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 different than it was in the past couple of years. I, I, I tend to think the Bucks and Celtics should get through the first round no matter who they play with let's just say relative ease, they should be enough better than those teams, especially this year. But yeah, Philly, Cleveland, New York, if they're there, Miami, if they can push up, those are not going to be easy outs because they're going to make you work for it in the second round for sure. Uh, Ali said, love your guys' enthusiasm for basketball. Well, thank you. It's a great show. Not to instigate, LOL. <laughs> but I always love when you preface things with that. Uh, but how does an AD for Jalen Brown trade sound as a Lakers fan, I'll throw in the 29 pick for Brown. I, I don't see the Celtics do it, especially when you when you factor in age. 
And if the Celtics feel like this is their group that's going to win them a championship, why would you break that up? Unless, the, I mean, the wheels completely fall off and they don't get out of round one or something like that. I just don't see them as a big shakeup team. Yeah, right, wrong, or indifferent, they wouldn't do this a few years ago. They they weren't interested in trading Jalen Brown in an Anthony Davis trade, and they're certainly not going to do it now with an Anthony Davis who looks like 55, 60 games is probably the max he's going to play most seasons moving forward. I just don't think that's you know enough there. Um, that's not to say Anthony Davis isn't a great player, and when he's healthy and playing, he's a better player than Jalen Brown. But you also have to factor in the rest of the roster too. Boston has built the rest of their roster to support Brown and Tatum where they've got bigs, they've got ball handlers, they've got the guys to support those guys. They're, they're not going to just throw one of them away to then go with you know, more bigs when they They've already got other bigs and those kind of things. It's just, you know, it's one of those things where it's a fun idea to discuss, but it's not going to happen. Yeah. And like you said, when you've got a whole team that's built around one particular concept, going away from that concept has a domino effect that changes all the stuff that you're doing. And it's, um, it'd be kind of a mess. Yep. Uh, to Tony says, what's going to happen with the Middleton extension? So let, let's start there. He's got another a secondary question in here, but the Chris Middleton situation, what, what happens with him with the Bucs? Yeah, we'll see. I It's very interesting that they have not gone into the getting that done yet, but that for me is Middleton saying, hey, I think there's more money for me. I think I can probably get a max um, in free agency. Now, whether he does or not, that's a whole other question. You know, Chris Middleton, very good player, but he's been in and out of the lineup all season long with, with injuries, and that's happened in a couple of the last three years. This is year 11 for him right now, and he is. I just want to make sure I've got this right. Yeah, he's now 32 or be 32 this summer. So I don't know that there's a max deal waiting for Chris Middleton to come. Here's the good news if you're the box. If he's willing to de decline that player option for next year, which I do think that's going to happen for sure, mm -hmm. you have all the way till June 30th to, to get him to sign an extension, and you can do it for really, really good money, near max money uh, for him, and that maybe is enough. If he gets a sense here, let's see what it looks like through a playoff run and all that, and there's not a max offer waiting for me on the other end, then you may see this be one of those things where this is one of those late in the game extensions that gets done. Cause we have seen that happen, you know, a handful of times here in the last couple of years. I mean, it's weird because of the way it works. Now they open the negotiating window on June 30th at 6 PM. And that's awesome. And we'll, we'll probably be live later that night to talk about everything yep. that went down. But then we were getting reports of free agent signings with extension signings mixed in because extensions are still allowed uh, all the way through the end of the day, June 30th. So it's just kind of a weird thing with quirk with the NBA calendar. Now that they do the, the, the negotiating window opens uh, six hours earlier than it used to, but we're still going to see some extensions get done late. Middleton's a good candidate for that potentially to happen. It would be, it, it almost feels like you're just, straddling the international dateline on new year's or something <laughs> like that bit, right because yeah. you're kind of in both sides of the uh, of the calendar at the same time uh middleton yep. averaging under 14 points per game for the first time since the 2014 2015 season yep. um all of his numbers are significantly down 30 percent from three this season 42 percent from the field now that's only in 20 games he needs a strong postseason run here he needs a strong stretch i mean we've talked about it a bunch that maybe last year they might have been a chris middleton the bucks might have been a chris middleton injury away from sure. a championship he's got to i think prove himself here down this final stretch and in the postseason because like you said age is not on his side and if these numbers continue all the way through the postseason and he's not the guy that he was the previous five six seasons then I don't see max money as making a, a lot of sense. Is that being a good bet for the Bucks? Yeah, yeah, could, could completely agree. All right, Kyle Hampton said, this is weird, I know. If an, if an anonymous team heavily turns over their roster very late in the season, then improbably goes on to win a championship, how many players get rings? Just something I've been wondering. So, like, you trade away eight players or something at the trade deadline, get in almost a whole new team. It's, everybody still gets a ring, don't they? They can, yeah. Those things are entirely up to the team to decide. It's, it's really up to the team's ownership to decide. They're the ones who foot the bill for rings. There's no hard and set rule on that. Generally, what teams have done in the past is if you were with the team for a portion of the regular season, it, you're going to get a ring. They, they're just going to take care of you, and they're going to give you one because at the end of the day, 
it's not worth upsetting someone over what's ultimately not a lot of money for an owner. A lot of money for probably you, I, and anyone watching this, uh, but not for an owner. They're, they're fine. So yeah, there, there's not there's no hard and fast rules. Now, what there is different rules on is playoff shares and all that sort of stuff. And those mm. are things where sometimes the teams vote on how they're going to handle those for, for guys. But but that is a that, that's a little bit different. But a ring, yeah, it's that's entirely up to the ownership group to decide. That came up uh, in 2020 because Dion Waiters was on yes. the Lakers roster, but had been on the Heat roster earlier on in the season. Yep. So everybody was saying, well, okay, so he gets a ring no matter what happens here. Yep. <laughs> He's getting a championship ring. And he probably um, would have, yeah, for sure. I have two I have two comments in a row. This is okay. Trevor Lane's stand here. Said, chances Dallas keeps Kyrie if they really struggle. Um, and then... I had another comment on the Kyrie <laughs> you topic. You picked that one just because the guy's name is Trevor Lane. He's, he's been in a bunch of our comments <laughs> over on the Lakers Nation side, but but yes, that that definitely was was uh, part of the the factor there. Uh, the Golden Eagle also said, uh, "I actually think the Mavericks should offer Kyrie at least a two year extension at the end of the season." Uh, what say y'all? Love the content. All right, so Dallas and Kyrie, everything hasn't gone exactly swimmingly, but. You know, maybe there's a light at the end, end of the tunnel here. Mavs got a big win the other day against the 76ers. Yeah. What do they do with, with Kyrie Irving? Yeah, so let's talk that second one first. And this is just me nitpicky, but trying to educate on the salary cap side of things in the CBA. Yep. Kyrie's not going to do an extension with Dallas because he'd be giving up too much money. They also can no longer really extend him uh, for anything that's meaningful because they traded for him too late. So it will be a new contract. A lot of times those things are very meaningless to most folks because it's it 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 all results in is the guy got a new deal i don't really care if it was a new contract or an extension but just point of clarification will be a new contract for Kyrie with dallas so will be no extension coming unlike chris middleton who's eligible for a pretty hefty extension Kyrie's is very minimal it'd be only a five percent raise and they can only give him two years on top of that so what's going to happen with Kyrie irving uh in this who knows I've only ever been wrong when I guess on what Kyrie's going to do. It's it's just it's completely you know up to him. I mean, it would not surprise me if Dallas won the title and then he was like, ah, I don't want to play here anymore. I'm going to go play somewhere else. That's just kind of how it goes with Kyrie Irving. That's not even a criticism. It's just more of a he you know runs his own deal. He does what he wants to do. So mm -hmm. I think um, you know we're in a position where we'll see you know what that looks like uh, for him. But I. If they really struggle, yeah, I think it probably gives him pause to say, all right, this maybe didn't work the way I thought it was going to, and I want to be somewhere else. But I think for the most part, we're in a position where he's probably back there, and Dallas will probably, because of the investment they made in trading yeah. for him, they'll probably give him a four-year deal or a three-plus-one or something like that. Now, we've talked about this. The Mavs are actually in position to have some cap space to play with if they were just to wash their hands of Kyrie and say, nope, we're not giving you another contract. That's not their preferred, you know, they, they've already, they've spent so much in order to get him. They've surrendered so many assets in order to land him. That's not what they want to do. They are, I think, committed here to Kyrie and they're going to try to make this work long-term. Um, I think it would be more a situation where Kyrie would say no to the Mavs than the Mavs would say, no, we're not going to continue on down this Kyrie path. You never know, right, with, yeah. with Kyrie. But I feel like that would be, if Kyrie were to leave Dallas, it would be more him saying, I'm going to go somewhere else rather than the Mavs saying, yeah, you know what, we've got buyer's remorse. Let's just stick with the cap space and go from there. Yeah, without a doubt. Hey, I want to check in. I'm going back in the chat a little bit here, but Pedro Santos says, you guys are great. Greetings from Portugal. How about oh, that? welcome, Portugal, man. That's a new one. I love yeah. it. I love it. Like it. And then we've awesome. got another one. Uh, I just lost it. I got to find him. I want to say he said greetings from, from Ukraine, which is like, I, I, I don't know. That's always weird to know if those are real or not, but if it is stay safe, you know, we're hoping yes, all the best indeed. for you, uh, for sure. you know, with that. If you really are in, in Ukraine, you know, good, good, good for you and, and stay safe. But I, I, I kind of have my doubts that, that he's really in, in Ukraine. We'll see. Yeah, you never know. Never know. Uh, Esham said of the bottom four lottery teams, which of the, which of the two of four, which two of the four, I'm assuming he means has a complete turnaround next season. So if you had to pick, Four lottery teams Ooh. that you think are going to totally turn things around. Now, he said of the bottom four. So the bottom four being Rockets, Pistons, Spurs, Hornets. Do any of those teams have a complete turnaround I mean, next season? So a complete turnaround, we're saying like in the mix for the playoffs, I'm guessing, because 
true complete turnaround would be title contenders, and that's certainly right. not happening. Yeah, I, I think so, I think playoff mix playoff is, is mix. good enough. Um, yeah. All right, Houston, if the James fair, Harden thing happened. Yeah, so if Houston gets James Harden, they're probably in the mix for the playoffs, right? That's even though he's not you know James Harden anymore, he's still very good. Uh, mm-hmm. Presumably, they would land a couple other guys too, maybe make a couple trades, and that's what they would look like. So I'll there. Probably there, but as currently constructed, I'll say Detroit because I think Detroit kept yeah. Boyan Bogdanovich. They kept Alec Burks with the idea of getting Cade Cunningham back, being a competitive team. So I think Detroit could get there. And then I'll say Charlotte, just if LaMelo's back and they make a couple decent moves, they could probably be in the mix too. I, I think the answer might be which whichever team gets Wembenyama. Like that, I mean... Look, the Spurs, they have to do some building around it and all that kind of stuff. And Charlotte, if you suddenly get LaMelo back and then you've got Victor Wembanyama, I think Detroit and Houston would be my two picks, even though they're the two lowest in terms of record right now sure. to really become like a playoff team next year. But Victor Wembanyama can go a long way, I think, towards solidifying a team. Yeah. Hey, I want to take a question from Twitter if we can. Uh, This one was from Dan the Man, 1689. He says, do you think there will ever be a time when NBA stars take less money to sign more quality role players without it affecting negotiations for other stars? Oh, can it happen? Yeah, I think. I mean, we saw didn't we see Dirk do it? We've seen some players do it. Harden did it this year. Harden did it. Yep. We've seen players do it. other players like LeBron takes this stance where he says, look, I don't want to set the precedent. I want it, yep. you know, I want the most money I can get because I think what we often forget is as much as like the pressure gets on the play. Well, you need to take less so that the, the team can have success, right? We need you to take less money. We're already paying you millions. Well, this is coming from billionaires and the salary cap is an artificial structure that's put in place to try to lower some of these salaries. If some of these guys got played, got got paid what their true market value is for playing they'd be making far more than what they do on a max salary the best values in the nba are true top tier superstar players on long-term max contracts and stars that you find on rookie contracts and what it does is it artificially inflates the the middle players so yep. i when i look at this i don't i don't ever begrudge a true top tier max player for taking that max salary cuz it's not on them. They're not the ones that created the salary cap. They're not the ones that created this situation where they're already technically taking a pay cut compared to what they're really worth. Yeah, that's exactly it. I think we're in a position where what happens with these, these guys is that's to LeBron's point is if he does it, then it's going to be, well, if LeBron did it, everybody should do it. Right. And that's just not how it works. You see this late career with guys, or you might see it with a guy who's never won before saying, all right, I really want to win a la James Harden uh, this year where, all right, I can give up some money uh, to do this. And also knowing I'm probably going to make it all back and be fine in the end, but you know, for now he gave up money and that's where it is. So I think we're in a position in the NBA where, if you're still a true top tier superstar, you're still going to take, you know, everything you can get unless you're in the last year or two of your career and you have a one, one, then you may see a guy leave a little bit of money on the table so that, you know, if an ownership group will go out and spend, or if it leaves a different, like Harden leaves an exception open that wouldn't have been otherwise, or maybe even leave some cap space or something like that. But you're never going to see, you know, a guy who's a star player and still a star player all of a sudden take five, $10 million just because, you know, all right, that's enough for me. You know, let, let's, you know, let everybody else eat and fill out the roster. I don't think we'll ever see that happen. Keith, I just realized that we didn't answer the second part of Tony's question. How oh. much into the luxury tax are you know, the Lakers funny, going to be? Math, ever- too. Oh, did you? <laughs> I did, yeah, I, yes. I, I was. Anyway, the the perils of, of live TV, as yep. it were. Um, it. How much into the luxury tax? It all depends on how much they pay, guys. Like, does, yeah. like we've heard... 10 million to 18 million for Rui Hachimura. I've seen 22 million to 30 plus million for D'Angelo Russell, like Austin Reeves. I've heard uh, he's, he's a mid-level exception player, like a full mid-level or, uh, or, or can you get him using his early bird rights and do something that you, like the, it, it depends on how much they're paying these guys. And there's going to be a lot of fluctuation there depending yep. on what they do with all those players. Do you keep Mo Bamba at $10 million and say, okay, he's, 
you know, a trade chip for next season, or or he plays really well and you just hang on to him. There's so much variance, it's hard to say exactly how far into the tax they'd be. Yeah, I project the Lakers right now to start with $105.7 million already on the book. So that's uh, LeBron, AD, Malik Beasley, and then uh, Max Christie's amount. Then I think they'll probably keep Jared Vanderbilt at his 4.5. Then they have their draft pick, which right now projects for now just the middle of the first round pick. Um, So you're looking at about $115 million for, uh, that is, six players. You've got to fill out at least eight more guys to have a complete roster. You'd have at least 14 out of, of the 15 spots filled. And that's where if you're at 114 million, the luxury tax line right now per the NBA's latest projections projects to be a, let's see, it's 162 million. So that's not a lot of play because you got to fill out so many roster spots. So yeah, you start re-signing guys like Russell and Hachimura. Let's just let's say 45 million for the two of them, right? Somewhere in that range uh, for those two guys. However you split that up, that's up to you. Now you're basically there. You're already at the tax and you still have five more spots. They have to fill out. If there were uh, six more spots, you have to fill. So now all of a sudden you're two. All right, well, are you going to use the tax pyramid level? Because that's all you'd have available. All right, well, we're going to use that. Are you going to re-sign Lonnie Walker? So they're going to be in the tax. It all depends on how much you give uh, money to those people. And this is part of the the subplots that we were talking about. I talked about it on our live show last night. Um, and the close of the season isn't just about do they make the playoffs or not. It's also yeah. about can they trust Anthony Davis to be a 1A guy? That's something that I yeah. think that they'll, they'll find out here over the next – 19 games but then we'll also be asking that question is this team good enough to be worth paying the tax and the repeater tax and and all of that for and that's something that i think will be largely influenced by what they do here if they look great and they make a postseason push and everything then yes pay this team but if if the wheels fall off and they finish in the 13th seed or something like that then it becomes a little bit harder i think to to write that big check yeah absolutely that that's that's a big part of it yeah you get you in like D'Angelo Russell, is he are you projecting like, all right, he's going to play at a high enough level that when LeBron and AD miss games or at least one of them is out, we can trust him to step into that third role and pay him $25 million a season? Then we feel pretty good about it. Let's go. We can pay him. But if you have your doubts, then all of a sudden that becomes a negotiating point and then you risk, all right, well, maybe you know, T-Max feels like they can pay him that. So I think they acquired all these guys with the intention. I've been saying this since they made those trades of re-signing those players, but they gave themselves the flexibility where they don't have to lock in if they don't want to. That's important because that's flexibility they haven't had for a couple of years now. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Greetings from Minnesota from speed chaser in the chat with a, with a ice cold uh, smiley emoji. And I'm sure it is quite cold in Minnesota. I'm sure it is here, here in Florida. It's uh, we're we're at uh, I believe we're about 85 today. So it's uh, you know, well, when everybody asks me how I stay in the state, that's, generally the answer <laughs> it's, it's 85 it's, yeah it's march oh, yeah. 3rd and it's nice and warm uh will from from texas welcome in from texas uh what do you think is the best use of the rockets cap space and the clippers pick swap this off season i mean that's a lot keep of it moving gotta, with yeah. what you have i hate the harden idea for this. i was gonna say yeah i mean i, I don't like it I, I it just he's not that good he's not that james harden anymore if he was that James Harden, yeah, sure, go ahead. But I don't get impatient with this rebuild. You're only really only your first full year into this because two years ago that was not the intention, right? They went into that season with James Harden on the roster and then kind of backed into being a rebuilding team. This is your first full year of it. Don't lose patience now. You've got some really nice, interesting pieces. Just kind of keep it moving forward with, with those guys. But I fear it's going to be the max deal for Harden and then trading a bunch of the kids for other stuff and figuring it out. If they, if they do go down the Harden path, then what they do with their cap space and the pick swap is going to change, but I'm in agreement. I, I don't know if I would do that. If I'm the Rockets, just go all in with uh, around a James Harden deal. Anna kept Mohan said greetings from India. Welcome in from, from India, of course, uh, Justin. Hey guys, love the show. Listen to it every day. Well, thank you. Um, I wonder, Keith, is anybody taking my advice right now at work? Uh, I put it on yesterday's show 
about you know you've, they've got the one AirPod in and they're just pretending like they're well, in the their comments said they were already doing that yesterday. So yeah, I, I was they, man, I have not done that. Yeah, they, they've got the tips and tips and tricks. Um, yeah. What Don't are y'all? When you were a teacher, didn't you see the other AirPod where you like take take your headphones out? Oh no, they they keep one in. You oh, just they have one. hide the one. Got yeah, it. yeah, yeah. They're hiding the one. So they've got you got your AirPod on this oh, side, okay. so they would take got the it, other side it, out. Got it. You just got it on the huh. one side, and then and then it's the hoodie is up. Oh, you, you do that yeah. too, and and you know, like I was teaching in Arizona, so it's it's 110 out. <laughs> yeah, and I'm right? like, you don't need to be wearing a sweatshirt <laughs> yeah. now. Like, what is really going on? So it look, it was easy so to I'm, spot, but still, I'm gonna date myself here, but this is a uh time of year to do this i was that kid who smuggled in a small portable tv every year during march madness so we oh. could watch games um yeah lunchtime and then magically the tv would find itself still on hidden behind a textbook or a book bag uh somewhere in the back of the classroom uh with it and these screens were smaller than the screen on like my iphone now um and the picture quality was far worse it had an antenna it was a mess but my senior year was the best i had two teachers in a row post lunch who were huge basketball fans. So they would say, I'll never forget the one going into his class. We're hiding the TV and he goes, shut that off. And he's got the TV plugged in and, and going already. So it worked out pretty good. That was, that was me as a teacher. I would definitely, I would get, Hey, here's a packet you guys are going to work on. We're, I'm going to put this on my computer. Anybody wants to keep an eye on it. Let's go. <laughs> I'm guessing was, the kids, kids me. missed out the, uh, missed out on Mr. Lane changing careers. I, I'm best get, get it, guessing you were a pretty, pretty good fun teacher to have. It, I had a good time. I had a good time with that. I, I wanted to have fun myself too. So I don't know. I didn't like being the yelling, angry <laughs> teacher. every day. I just couldn't do it. I'm like, Let, let's have fun with this. Uh, what are y'all's most interesting teams for rest of this season and the off season? One from the East and one from the West. Ooh. All right. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to say, okay, see, for me for the off season coming up, because I think that's a team that can really take a leap and they have so many draft picks that they could potentially use that they can go in all kinds of different directions and have a lot of flexibility. So OKC is my, is my team from the West. Yeah. Just to be different from you. Cause I did, they're probably mine too. I think Utah is in a very similar boat. Yep. And I think the fact that they were better than expected this season shows, Hey, we've already got some pieces here. Maybe we could kind of fast track this thing towards uh competitiveness. So I'll take the jazz in the East. Hmm. Um, I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm going to give you two, but they're kind of uh -huh. at opposite ends of the, the spectrum. I'm going to go with Philadelphia just because of the Harden intrigue. If they lose him, what's their pivot, yeah. right? How, how do you like stay that. a contender? How do you make that work? And then the other one I'm going to give you, I'm going to go with Orlando because they're fine. not bad. They're not too far off and they've got a ton of flexibility. They've got money to spend the summer. So I, I think they're, they're a team that could, you know, make pushes to kind of, all right, let's go. Let's move this thing forward. All right. That's, that's a really good pick. Um, Detroit also in the mix. Indiana, though, is the one. Since you picked Orlando, that would have been my pick. Orlando, I'm going to go Indiana. Yeah, I think Halliburton is absolutely tremendous. Um, I think this team, if they luck out in the lottery, they could wind up being a team to make a, a major leap here and jump into the playoff mix uh, in the Eastern Conference. They've proven to be dangerous whenever Halliburton's out on the floor. And then Miles Turner has had a career year uh, this season. I think they could be a really interesting team next season. Yeah, they might have been an interesting team this season if they didn't yeah. fall off so much with Halliburton hurt. So that's a good, good pick. A little more love for you in the chat from uh, Sam Richo, I'm guessing. He says, evening from Liverpool, UK. Love your stuff, Trevor. Never catch you live because it's always too late, too early. So happy to 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 land here in the middle of the afternoon. With, with that's right. Usually here. we're going live. It's like, you know, 10, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock Pacific time. <laughs> or so trade that's, that's time, 1.30 in the morning Eastern. 2.30 in the morning Eastern. It's funny. Kevin Durant gets traded, you know. That's it. <laughs> One of my good friends, uh, he he actually just watched that show. Like he had he had listened to it on the podcast version, but he had, it happened to pop up and he was doing something. So he let it run. And he's like, by the end, he's like, you guys were so punchy and goofy. He's like, it was crazy. So yeah. <laughs> We were. That's because it was like three in the morning yeah. your time. And then yes. you slept for like. Was, hour and yeah and then was back up yeah. the next morning trade deadline baby love it oh trade deadline trade deadline. one of the <laughs> one of those key you know landmark dates on the uh on the nba calendar uh by the way did you see summer league dates are out now yeah i can't exciting. wait i'm excited 
Can't wait for that. Yeah, that'll be that'll uh, be you and I live together in person, hopefully this year, if all goes. Uh, uh, and if you thought we were punchy thing. at the trade deadline, <laughs> wait until after we've been in Vegas for a few days. Then, right? That'll <laughs> yeah. be, be a real mess. Uh, the Golden Eagle said, "Will the play-in tournament with a fifty-dollars super chat? Wow, thank you. Uh, will Ooh. the play-in tournament see adjustments in the future? I say number nine and ten seeds play each other in a three-game series and go from there. No more single elimination. What say you all?" Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I don't think we're going to get into longer series in the play-in tournament. I think that's the fun of it right that that's our closest thing to the ncaa tournament um i i don't think those will go into being serious but you know it could happen but i just think with the league already doing what they can to try to cut down on games and minutes and all that stuff i can't see them going to a three-game series because that I, then you're pushing everything back further yep. and it just gets a little messy i think part of the appeal of the play-in tournament too is you in some ways emulate the one and done aspect the the desperation of a march madness that draws everybody in and it's part of what makes it so fun so i don't see them doing that uh james lopez your guys favorite player not on your team Hmm. so no celtics no lakers here unless you want to pick a laker and i want to pick a celtic (laughs) Uh, I guess we get that would be acceptable, but your favorite player. All right, so let's do. Team. We'll do that too, and we'll also answer the question because okay. my Laker one is very easy. That's a, it's Jared Vanderbilt. I love yeah. Jared Vanderbilt, so that's that's a very easy one for me to pick with the Lakers. But I also really like healthy AD too, and I have done a complete three sixty on LeBron, where I loved LeBron when he came in. Then I did not like LeBron at all when he was in Miami. And now I've come <laughs> back around to, I think he's great. And I hope he plays forever if he wants to. I like it. I like it. Those are, those are some good picks there. Um, let me give you my, my Celtics. Um, I, I mean, obviously Tatum because of his love for, for Kobe and everything, but I almost feel like picking the stars sure. is kind of cheating almost. I don't know why. Yeah. I, just because everybody's going to pick the stars. So I'm going to, I'm going to go Malcolm Brogdon. He's been a yeah. guy uh, whose game I've liked for a long time. I wish he could stay healthy more often, but He's absolutely tremendous, and um, and I've been a big admirer of just how efficient he is. Yeah, I'm knocking on wood because, as you said that, the uh, Celtics just released an updated injury report, and he's it's probable for tonight, but he's on there with a right right ankle soreness. So uh, we, we we don't want to see that. I, I think Malcolm Brogdon just you know, call me biased if you want, but I think he should win sixth man of the year um, with that. Uh, let's see. Did you see Did you see Russell Westbrook still wants to win sixth man even though he's starting now? Sure. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> um it's just it's the unfortunate thing is he probably should have been in the mix for it had he stayed with the lakers and stayed in that role all year now it's just not gonna happen with yeah. that right um i will say uh out outside i can give you a super duper long list on this but in the interest right. of time i won't um i love keldon johnson he's one of my favorite players yes. i love him with the spurs i love herb jones with the Pelicans, mm-hmm. the way he locks guys up defensively. Anthony Edwards is is just fun. Like, if if I was trying to get people to like the game of basketball, I would probably have them watch Anthony Edwards a lot just because I, I think he's a guy who's who's a lot of fun. Um, it, it tends to be a lot of younger guys on my list, um, but I, an older guy that that I kind of like who just is just kind of still around getting it done. I, I think Kevin Love still, you know, at this point in his career, still doing his thing, rebounding. I don't know if you caught that. He had this one of those throwback, ridiculous Kevin Love outlet passes um, the the other day. You know, he's he just he he's been an absolute blast. And then 
everybody else that I'd probably go to is probably just kids that I'm learning more about because they're, you know, in year two or even first year guys. But, and then anybody who watches the show knows John Collins. It's going to be very high on my list. I'm a big, big, big yeah. fan of John Collins. Yep. Um, few guys. And again, I have a hard time narrowing down to just one, but a few guys to that I can toss in there. I mean, anything Alex Caruso, obviously, but there's some obvious Laker bias in there with uh, that one. De'Aaron Fox has been tremendous yeah. this season. He's been a lot of fun to watch. Jokic is a blast to watch the way he dominates, despite not being the, the just incredible athlete that some of the guys that are out there on the floor with him are. But the guy that I've been, I always have at least one player, one player that's on the Lakers and usually one player around the league, at least, that I'm irrationally excited about, that I'm more excited about than I should be. Um, and for me, for a while now, it's been Christian Wood. I've always yeah. been intrigued by by his skill set. Um, I think that he, I, I know a lot of Mavs fans believe he should be starting for the Mavs right now, and he's not. But uh, but he's a guy that I've always thought just has such an intriguing skill set. I don't know if he ever hits his ceiling, but he's uh, he's always a guy that I keep my eye on. Christian Wood, the fun thing with him, too, is this is a guy who – super immature when he started in the league uh, yeah. kind of run out of a couple situations. Cause he just wasn't handling his business the correct way. And then all of a sudden he figured it out, got serious about it all and he's playing great. So yeah, I'm a big, big fan of uh, Chris Wood too. Square up. So they do that in class for our Lakers nation podcast. <laughs> I love it. Says you have to have, you need the sweatshirt to cover. See, it's the sweatshirt. It's the hoodie. Yeah, that's how you that's how you get away with it. Uh Justin, You're, we're gonna start I, getting emails and phone calls from, from angry uh, teachers from, from angry teachers here. Yep, they're gonna be like, What well, my they're, classroom they're anymore? Like, yeah, so, I'll reveal all that. Now. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Justin said, I'm on my lunch break. Wouldn't hate y'all keeping the same time. Don't have to sneak this time in. Yeah, I mean, we haven't settled on a on an official time, but at some point we we should. Yeah, well, and this is first one of these where we're intending to do these regularly because this is a lot of fun for us we have a ton of fun with the live shows and then this is quite frankly being we we're always up front with you guys this is a kind of dead period for news in the nba especially with a lot of things we cover because there's not a lot of transactions left buyout season is mostly wrapped up now nobody can be waived at this point and still be uh playoff eligible so we're kind of down to it with rosters uh stuff there'll still be some two-way moves and some late season signings and conversions and things like that but this is a great way for us to get another show out there for for a lot of people absolutely absolutely and and it's it's fun getting to let people be a little bit more interactive with the show yep, um absolutely I'll, Alexander reminded me, Jakob Pertl for you. I don't know how I didn't mention it. Jakob Pertl, <laughs> for sure. Um, how about this? Love from the Philippines. Philippines hosting the World Cup this summer. That's going to be super exciting. That's, exciting. I know so many people from the Philippines who love basketball. I mean, it's huge love in the Philippines. It. So huge in the Philippines. That is so cool. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, Fuzzy said, looking for an outside opinion on how Chauncey Billups is doing as a coach. Does he, has potential, does he have potential or will he be a bust? So before we get into Billups, this point was getting brought up today. I don't remember who brought this up, but what fan base loves their head coach? Uh, that's like there, there's, there's not many, right? Yeah. Most fan bases you see complain about their head coach fairly often. Um, yeah, it's usually like Utah right now loves Will Hardy. Right. But that's because they're better than, than is expected. Oklahoma City loves Mark Dignall. Because they're better than expected, but yeah, right. San Antonio obviously I think they love pop. Sure, but yeah, there's few and far between for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's just it's the nature of the beast because you, mm -hmm. you you're watching the game and you see oh I don't like player X and player X is on the floor <laughs> therefore that's yep. the coach his decision yep. right and so a lot of it does fall back on on the coach. Um, but in any event, Chauncey Billups, what do we think about him as a coach? Uh, does he have potential or uh, where are we at with him? Yeah, potential for sure. I, I think he's figuring some stuff out. I think his challenge has been uh, the roster hasn't been healthy for two years yeah. for him now. So it's been a lot of stuff I think he wanted to do. He couldn't really do last year. He didn't have the personnel. And then this year they've had a ton of injuries. So it's it's just really hard when you, you don't know what you are as a team to fully evaluate the coach. That said, I think his defensive schemes, they were a little overly aggressive early. He wanted to do a lot of that kind of jumping and trapping and all that sort of stuff. And that, that was just a little too messy. So, but I think, um, you know, we're in a position now he's starting to figure some stuff out. Um, not super hard, right. Of 
put the ball in Dame's hands and let him do a lot of stuff. But I think he's figured some stuff out with rotations. I tweeted this, I think it was yesterday. Trendon Watford starting to figure some stuff out for Portland. Yeah, he's been kind of a fun right? player. Yeah, I, I keep an eye on him as a guy down the stretch here that I think, you know, did this is he kind of reminds me a little bit of Jared Vanderbilt, where it's, you know, made kind of a leap late in late in the season and started playing pretty well. And then all of a sudden it was like, well, this guy can actually play. That's a little bit of what Trender Watford's kind of doing right now. And he's starting to shoot threes a little bit more and shooting them. Okay. So I'm, I'm pretty big on him. He had a play late in a game the other night. Um, maybe it was against the Pelicans. It was either the Pelicans or the Warriors where he caught the ball and it was kind of a semi-transition play. And he caught, caught the ball uh, up top and took a couple of dribbles into the paint spun and finished and i it was like and it was just a a confident it wasn't a oh my gosh i'm trying this thing in a game and i normally wouldn't do this just a confident move and he finished it easily and he just had that demeanor of i do this all the time it, it was fantastic I, I i took note of that and went man this this guy is probably better than most people realize right now yeah. maybe by next year we're talking about him in, in a different light it's always those guys that are playing on the West coast that people are, they just, they're like, Oh wow, that guy's actually good. But I missed yeah. a lot of his games. Cause he, he played at, you know, 10 o'clock at night on the East coast and, and those things. So yeah, I turned turn to Waffer, but Phillips, I, I don't know. Let's see. Let's get, give him at least one more year and see if there's no real improvement next year, then we probably start getting into a position where it's, it's going to be a conversation of if he can get it done or not. All right, let's get the last question of the day before we wrap things up here. Golden Eagle said, last one, uh, what do the Brooklyn Nets do with Ben Simmons this summer? Do they do anything with him? I'm pulling – do you recall off the top of your head how many more years? I want to say it's two more years yeah. of the contract. Uh, after this year, two more years, yeah. So this year, $35 million. That's obviously said and done. Yep. $37.9 million next year, $40.3 million the year after. Uh, both years fully guaranteed, no options. Uh, write it out. I mean, there's not a lot you can do. He's not going to give back enough in a buyout situation where the Nets will waive him. He's better as a uh, essentially a living giant trade exception, if nothing else, to, to the Nets if they can't get him right. But they're going to keep trying. And the good news is now they can afford to give him a little bit of patience, see, all right, can we get him right physically and then get him on the floor and kind of figure it out. So we'll see what that looks like. Is he the worst contract in the league right now? Yeah, probably. Um, just because of the size of it, I, I think for sure. I, I think that's probably, you know, pr pretty big. Um, I think that's a, uh, definitely a challenge uh, for him, for sure. Yeah, I think that's uh, – it's up there. I'd have to run through them all. But if it's not that one, it's – I have a hard time picking one that isn't that one. Yeah. Yep. Unfortunately, I hope he gets he, – he had so much talent. Yeah, I always go back so to that good. that first those first looks at him that we had in summer league where he was hitting yeah. jumpers and he's making all these insane and summer league's not the NBA but still mm -hmm. um uh, it just it, it's mind-boggling that this is where we're at with him even those couple years with philly where he was like an all-star and all-defense guy it was yeah. like you didn't have anything like him in the league he was the only player in the nba and shout out to the b-ball index guys for this um he guarded basically all five positions almost equal amounts and guarded all five positions equally well. Yeah. Nobody does that. Not even Draymond at his peak did that because he wasn't switching out and guarding point guards uh, regularly. He was more always a uh, three through five kind of defender, but Simmons could guard anybody and really lock them down and shut them down. And now we don't even have that anymore. And that's, 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 that's sad, man. It's, it's, I don't necessarily care who a guy plays for unless they are truly proven to be a bad guy. I don't want to see any player's career go sideways this early, but when they're so young, it yeah. just, it just sucks, right? It, it's not what we want. We want to see guys, you know, play, playing pretty, pretty well. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. It's been unfortunate. What's, what's going on with him? Hopefully you know, he does come back around at some point, but I mean, who knows if that's going to happen or not. Absolutely. All Front right, Office everybody. Fridays in that's the right. books. The first one. Loved it guys. This was really fun, but we're going to, do something like this pretty regularly, at least here through the uh, rest of the regular season. We'll figure it out what it looks like in the playoffs and all that. Cannot 
thank you all enough for the support uh, you give us. We're closing in on 24,000 subscribers on the channel. Definitely, 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 definitely want to get there well before uh, we you know, get, get to the end of this season because we're going to have a big off season coming. We'll, we'll do like we always do a ton of live shows uh, late. Like we always do that. There'll be uh, you know later in the evenings after things have kind of generally slowed down, wrapped up a little bit for the day. They're always fun. Cause maybe we'll get one, deal pop in there late and then then we get to get all crazy late but uh we'll both hopefully be at summer league to do some shows together uh which will be a lot of fun too because we haven't had a chance to do that in quite a while i think i think the last time we were both recording off a uh not great mic in my hotel room the last that's time right that's right <laughs> together we'll, let, we'll get into the studio <laughs> that's that'll it be fun. yeah yeah that'll be a lot of fun but yeah guys we are really in a uh a great spot with, with the channel. It's because of you guys, all your support here. We, we love you all. Love the front runners. Thanks for coming out here on a Friday live with us and hanging out for an hour or so and, and getting a bunch of really cool, good, fun questions. And, and thanks for not making them all Lakers of in Celtics. Questions. Yes. We appreciate that. Yes, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. This, this was a blast and we'll try to do this about once a week or so. Maybe we stick with Fridays, but, uh, but appreciate everybody for joining us. Make sure you are subscribing to the Front Office Show over on YouTube. If you aren't already, go ahead. You're already there. Hit the subscribe button. Turn on those notifications. Stay safe, everybody, and see ya. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.